Is there a season-winning running back in Green Bay? Is there a season-winning receiver in Arizona? And can any Eagles running back at least help you get into the fantasy playoffs? Plus, Darren Hendrickson joins us to talk about his fourth-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, inserting Corey Coleman in your starting lineups, and the popularity of Dilly Bars at Dairy Queen. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure with a number one commitment. It's all a joke between monkey practice and corporate Hopefully you're having a good kickoff to your weekend. Greetings and salutations to everybody else kicking off the weekend with us. All the Balkaholics, all the Gerzaknatics tuning in tonight, thank you so much. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, as always, the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show... Why Michael Crabtree should not be overlooked against Denver's pass D this weekend. Why Ben Roethlisberger probably should be overlooked in Baltimore. And the owner of the fourth place team in the FPC, that's the Football Guys Players Championship. Darren Hendrickson talks about the Vikings' new offensive coordinator, Jamal Charles' dynasty value, and much more. Dave, if you remember, Darren Hendrickson's father, Dan Hendrickson, former guest of this show. So it's a little bit of a legacy show tonight, if you will, with Darren popping in. Following in his father's footsteps. Sounds good, Balky. I'm very excited. Going to be a good show. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you're not uh, connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzek. You can uh, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Football at gmail.com is the inbox. That is the place to send your questions right now. Our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce, will get those questions to us in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. I think I found something tonight, Dave, that, you know, everybody in, in northeast Wisconsin complains about shoveling snow. I think I found something I dislike more than that as a homeowner here, raking leaves. Oh, yeah. I'd much rather shovel snow than rake leaves. I'd, I'd rake leaves for like an hour and a half tonight because we have – Maybe that's why your back is hurting. You said your back was hurting. Yeah, but I would think that would be a lower back issue. My lower back's fine. It's my upper back and, like, neck. Like, I got no, meningitis or something. No, you're using your latissimus dorsi for the rake. So it's like, the listeners can't hear this. This is where it hurts, like right here. Yeah, All so he's that, pointing to his upper back. Yeah, but, I mean, that section of my upper back, you're saying that's where yeah, the rake... you're pulling each time. And All right, well, well, okay, pulling. I'm part Polish, so I push the leaves with the rake. Well, I had to push them, too, because I had to put them on a tarp and dump them out on the street. The problem with this is we, we have a fertilizer guy that comes by, and he said, hey, you had too many leaves. I couldn't leave the fertilizer. I'll come again on Monday. So we have to get, we're going out of town this weekend, so we had to get them done tonight. 
And um, I the, the, the two trees. You should be a landscape. I guy. had in. I got two big trees in the backyard and one big tree in the front, and they are slightly smaller than a medium-sized planetarium. It's awful. <laughs> and there's still. This is the second time we break leaves. So I don't buy a house with old trees. There's still a ton of leaves left on these trees. So I'm not done raking. There's four. There's so more annoying. to come. Yeah. I'm there's, not sure who I don't I don't know who does our our leaves. There's four uh, they're just gone though. I don't know somebody does them. Four girls in our neighborhood, ages eight through eleven, they they went around and gave flyers out. Uh, they rake leaves, they'll do it for free, but they accept tips. I'm like, oh, this is great. Sweet. So they came by on Sunday night and uh um it was uh, late Sunday afternoon because it was still pretty light out. And she's like, Oh, did you want your um lawn raked? I said, Yes, mm-hmm. for you know, totally. And uh, they're like, Okay, we'll get right to it. Very excited. They gave up. They couldn't even do the front yard. They, they did most of the front yard. They're like, oh, we got to go. I'm like, <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, they raked all these other neighbors That's around. Hilarious. It wasn't so late. It was so annoying. What a hardworking generation. Yeah. Um, Quite the work ethic that they're building at this young age. Yeah. Well, I got a newspaper out. I delivered about 30 papers. I don't know. I how have m- 60 customers. I don't know if, if they had another job to get to, uh, a more, a, a higher paying job. <laughs> I gave them 10 bucks. For the, you know, whatever it was, 40 minutes that they were there. Four girls? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and honestly, if they would have done the backyard, I would, I would have given them 20. I could, that's how many leaves are on. I'm, it's Ten, how it's, old it's off. The ages 8 to 11, according to the oh, flyer. So, okay, so that's not too bad. Yeah. You're just like a little kid. I don't care. I just want it done. It was <laughs> awful tonight. Just absolutely awful. Well, that's great. I'm glad you did that instead of talking more about our social media accounts. Right, exactly. We won't do that. I will, however, remind people to check out my other podcast, <laughs> The High Stakes Lowdown. Oh, I hate it. Check it out at rotaviz.com slash radio. This week's guest was the second runner-up in the Football Guys Players Championship last year, Kevin O'Connor. A lot of good stuff in there. and Talked about what happened to him in Week 16, the lineup decision that cost him $280,000. Uh, he also talked uh, about a few years ago, a player he bid $999 on in several leagues and won those leagues because of really? it. So, yeah, very interesting. Check that I out. I hear the show is really good. It is. Yes. You keep saying that. I, and I feel like it's a backhanded insult to me. Like, I hear it's good because I haven't listened to it, nor will I. <laughs> you know, you say that every week, which is and it's you know, fine. To be, to be totally honest, I have plenty of time to listen to it as well. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I want to thank football guys. He's such a jerk. Football guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Jacksonville Jaguars' new offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, said a big priority for his job is to improve the running game that is currently ranked in the NFL 30th in both yards per game and touchdowns. This according to Ryan Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union. Um, So you look at what the Jaguars did. They fire uh, Greg Olson. Who was the uh, who was no no for who was the OC there? Oh. Nathaniel Hackett takes over. Your impressions of the Jaguars' offense, how it changes now with uh, Hackett in charge. Do you bump up Yeldon and Ivory? Are you expecting more things from them, or do you think that this offensive coordinator change was largely just you know a more uh, a move that was done to look like they're actually doing something when really it's going to be status quo there. You know, I think he'll give it a season to try. I mean, he's just saying he's, that's a big priority for him. You know, maybe they'll have a little bit of success, but I, I think to me the proof's kind of in the pudding. I'm not, you know, the reason that they're not doing well is because their offensive line's probably not that great. You know, Yeldon's probably not that great, and Ivory's not that great. So I think that that's more the reason, probably not Greg Olson's fault. He's probably just the fall guy. The scapegoat, yeah. as it were. You don't think anything changes here. We talked about um, 
on actually on the high stakes lowdown last week with Wayne Ellis, we talked about Alan Robinson. Oh, you had Wayne Ellis. On. Yeah, Wayne Ellis is on last well, week. I, want, I might listen. I, that I was might a good start one. listening to these shows now. Yes, you should. Um, <laughs> I, I also hear that they're it's pretty good. Good. Alan Robinson, do you do you think that there's okay, a turn? I'm, I'm sorry enough to you, but yeah. So can I get it on iTunes or something? Yes, get it's it. also on rotoviz.com slash radio. I know you say this. I don't yes, listen to it. It's much. also on the Rotoviz radio yeah. feed on iTunes. Okay. Um, you can download it on the, their SoundCloud account as well. Okay. So or, or stream it there as well. Either way. All right. I'll, I'll, if, if I need help, I'll get it from yes, you. Yes, okay, that's fine. Great. Okay, back to or or talk were. to one of your daughters. I'm sure that they would be able to hook you up. <laughs> hey, Ella, can you help on, me out Yeah, here? exactly. All right. Back to whatever you were Alan Robinson, does he turn it around in 2016 or are we waiting until next year? I you know I think he's going to get better. I mean, he just hasn't been scoring touchdowns. He hasn't been getting. It's just he's. It just has been off. But it is still kind of a small sample size, which I know kind of goes against what I was saying with the running game. I just feel like that there's he could have a shot to do something more. Right. I don't know if you saw this, but in the Blake Carrington Dynasty League this week, uh, former co-host of the show Fred Osman updated his trade bait. Oh, no. DeAndre Hopkins was on there. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I might have to do trade. So trade he back. is looking to shop him. Your thoughts for him going forward with Osweiler this season and next? You know, Hopkins is still a super young wide receiver, so I think if you can buy him now, even if Osweiler doesn't turn out to be any good, he'll be gone in a year and a half or so, and they'll find somebody else that'll probably improve. He's not going to have a washed-up quarterback or a bad quarterback. Not that Osweiler's washed up. He's not going to have bad quarterback play for his entire career. And he's actually did well with fairly bad quarterback play in the past. So I think now is a good time to acquire Hopkins if you can get him. That, you're not going to get him cheap, but if you can get him right. for a reasonable price. I tried to put together an offer for him without giving up Evans, Keenan Allen, or um, I think it was Evans or Keenan Allen, uh, and I, I couldn't come up with something fair. Well, no, so. of course not. No, not of course not. I was trying to shop like multiple pieces of garbage. No, for, like, a first-round pick, that's garbage. Well, for Hopkins, yeah. Not straight up. I was putting together a package. You know, people are usually astute enough to realize when you put together like three or four pieces of stuff if for he, one player, what, what's he, the pieces what, of stuff does not okay. equal the caliber well, of the one if, player. If you're putting De- – I don't, and you didn't see the whole trade bait, but if you're putting DeAndre Hopkins out there along with like 10 other guys and your record isn't so hot and your VPs and points aren't so hot, I think it's clear that he's looking to acquire pieces at this point. Right, but are they all young, good talents? Oh, they were. Oh, I bet, that they, was were. I bet they were not. All receivers. It was great. <laughs> oh, and Gurley I didn't want to give up, which maybe I should. James Starks. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Limited participant in practice this week, according to ESPN's Rob Domofsky. Uh Starks is coming off that knee surgery. Over the, you know, this coming weekend, we don't really have a good sense of what's going on. I believe he is listed as out for this coming week, but we don't know what's going on after that, if he's going to be able to play in week 10. Now, Starks has not gotten double-digit carries in uh, 13 of his last 20 regular season games. Uh, Obviously, those are mostly with Eddie Lacy healthy. We don't know how this affects Ty Montgomery. James Starks, I noticed he got rostered in a lot of leagues in the FFPC uh, over the past couple of weeks going forward. How do you view that backfield situation? Does Ty Montgomery move away from it? Maybe getting more snaps at receiver? Uh, does Starks take over as the bell cow? Is Don Jackson completely lost in the shuffle? What are you doing well, the as first a fantasy answer, owner? The first answer is Don Jackson sucks. He's not going to be anything. He's gotten 1.6 fantasy points in two weeks. So that, there you go. That's that answer. So he is at best. The fact that he was on a practice squad getting any money and has now been active roster, good for him. He's gotten a few paychecks. Um, I really don't have a good answer for Ty Montgomery or um, attending a lot of Starks. I really can't say for sure. I mean, Montgomery, I thought it looked really good. I mean, instinctively, Montgomery looks to me like a better football player than Starks at running back even. 
Um, but that doesn't I mean Starks is the one with experience. He's the one who's been playing it for so long. So it's just, I really don't know. I don't know what the coaching staff is thinking. You remember coming out of college when the Packers drafted Ty Montgomery, I believe he was a third round selection. There was some question whether he would play running back or receiver in the NFL. And obviously the majority of his career, he's been at receiver. He's attending meetings with running with the running backs right now. It's very clear that the Packers uh, are going to need him to be playing in the backfield in order to be successful uh, when Starks comes back, I do believe that Montgomery kicks back to the outside more. I, he, he's obviously still going to be getting snaps in the backfield for the rest of the season. Well, they were doing that with Cobb even. You know, and Cobb, right. Cobb doesn't even have the size to play that running Well, back. and a lot of people viewed Montgomery and Cobb as, as similar, having similar skill sets. You know, so yeah, I but think they're, that, they're totally different body types. I, I wouldn't say they're totally different. Montgomery is obviously thicker, has a stronger lower six, body. Six foot 221, and Cobb is like, what, 180? He's definitely not 180. Whatever. Okay. His face looks like it's more like two. He's got a puffy All face. Right. I don't judge people by their faces, Dave. <laughs> that's just uh, not the way I roll. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's my take on on uh, what's going to happen with Montgomery and uh, Starks going forward. Definitely roster Starks. I did in a bunch of leagues, and I think I'll be glad to have him. Let me just check. What's what, what's Cobway? I'm just kind of curious. One ninety two. There you go. All right, one ninety two. What? Did they get his height there too? Uh, six four, six five, five ten. Oh, five ten. So you know, that, so he's not six. You know, he's not six foot two twenty one. Five ten one ninety two is still pretty. You know, you're right. I'll, I'll get. I'll give you a you're right there, Paul. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. James Palmer on Twitter says that Akib Talib is. Uh, he was out of practice today. He's not going to play Sunday night against the Oakland Raiders. Talib actually went to California on Thursday to get a second opinion on his back. Yikes. Uh, Talib's availability going forward after this week is fuzzy and uh, hazy at best. Uh, Lorenzo Doss was the guy who stepped in for Tlaib last week. He played very, very well against the Chargers. Only allowed 29 yards on six pass targets. But if you look at what this means from a fantasy standpoint, maybe you were sitting Michael Crabtree because of the tough matchup this week. No, Tlaib, does this make Crabtree a little bit more uh, viable as a starter for you this week as uh, one of your two flexes, David? David. Um, yes. <laughs> Let's class up the show a little bit tonight. All right. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I mean – it's probably going to be based upon whether you, or not you have a ton of guys on buy or not. Um, Crabtree might be a regular starter, so unless you have a plethora of wide receivers, you'll probably be starting Crabtree anyway. Yeah, I I own him in one league, and to, to be honest, even with Talib, I was I was going to be starting him. Um, yeah, you almost have to in this. You know, there's only so many receivers out there, and a lot of teams are on buy this week. Yep, it's tough. Uh, Dwayne Allen practiced today. He's expected to be active for Sunday's game against the Packers in Lambeau, according to Mike Chappell on Twitter, or Chappelle. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Colts uh, coach Chuck Pagano said that Dwayne Allen is actually not 100%. It sounds like he is going to be eased back in uh, rather than be getting full snaps right away. He could be working as a blocker for the Colts offensive line, which has been pretty terrible again this year. Jack Doyle, what are you doing with him? Uh, because he has been a pretty uh, successful tight end, top 12 option the last month plus. Now Dwayne Allen comes back. Do Allen's potential snaps threaten Doyle's um, playing time enough for you to bench him? Or are you still looking at Doyle as a flex guy this week in tight end premium leagues with six teams on by in a potential shootout? If I've been playing Doyle or if I have a need to start someone, especially in tight end premium, I'm rolling Doyle out there. I don't feel bad about that at all. I mean, look at this quote. It's like, okay, he's expected to be active. Acknowledge he's not 100%. Ease back in, primarily as a blocker. I mean, in the pass protection, like that says, the Colts have poor pass protection. I'm, I'm putting Doyle out there for sure. Who's the, uh, who do you view as the big... Uh, Plus, Dwayne Allen sucks. I've said Dwayne Allen sucks for years. Right. I've been proven correct every year. <laughs> who's uh, who's going to be the big points getter 
this weekend, T.Y. Hilton or Dante Moncrief then? Who knows? I mean, you don't know. I mean, okay. Could be either one, though, for you. Could be. Okay. Fair enough. Moncrief looked pretty good coming You back. know who the big point getter last night was on Thursday Night Football? Mike effing Evans. Yeah, you didn't accept my low ball trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's for, okay, so what you happened was, just, just, to, just to give people an idea, um, Dave sends – okay, first of all, uh, let me paint the picture as the good employee – I was working Wednesday night <laughs> during the World Series. I had the World Series game on. And, uh, you know, it was very entertaining. All of a sudden, I get an email, trade offer in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League. Dave sends me a trade offer. Uh, he gets my Mike Evans, and I get his Allen Robinson and a second rounder this year. Uh, Is that what it was? Yeah, 2017 this, this coming second. This coming year? Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's I put two pieces yeah. together and then, for and you, And then tr- trade comments, bored. <laughs> so I'm like... Well, it's good that, you know, you're not working. You're just hanging out, watching the World Series, a sport you don't care about. You, and Actually, you're sending me a, a um, low-ball trade offer. I was, I was just trying to get my trade fingers working a little bit. Uh, or as uh, Tim Conley would say, trade fingers lubed, lubed up. up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Evans last night, 17 targets. He catches 11 of them for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Left with a head injury in the concussion. Uh, looks like he's going to be in the concussion protocol. I don't know if he officially is. He's got 10 days to get healthy before Tampa takes on Chicago. My point is with Evans right now, Dave, this is a guy that David Hubbard, a man who is leading the football guys players championship right now said was his number two overall receiver this year behind Antonio Brown. You look at Mike Evans. Now, if we redrafted today, where would you take Mike Evans? Uh, Probably top one, two or three for dynasty. Who, what, what players would you rather have than him right now? In dynasty In dynasty. Um, Gronk. I'd rather have Gronk. Okay, Gronk. Antonio Brown? No, Evans is younger. Okay. Um, David Johnson? Mm, probably not because, you know, <clears throat> wide receivers have a longer career. Plus, Winston's so young, too. Uh, I, I'm sure. You know who I would rather have? Well, Allen Robinson, for sure. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm sure that you would rather have Mike Evans over Julio Jones? Yeah. And I'm right, a, now a, here's the last one. Here's the last one right. before I let you get your thought out. Yeah, go ahead. Mike Evans or Odell Beckham, Dynasty, who would you rather have? Evans. To me, what I'm hearing now, Mike Evans is your number two overall Dynasty player right now. And even now. Gronk. I mean, Gronk's getting a little bit up there, and even an elite tight end production. But it's, so it's it, you know because Gronk is so elite, I just feel like getting that number one tight end is a really a huge difference right. maker. Um, you and I do not – we do not see eye to eye on that. Mike Evans. Why are you touching me? I don't know. I'm just – I guess I'm very excited very to have Mike – I, I own Mike Evans as Dynasty. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, he's your number two uh, Dynasty player right now. Um, <laughs> You're getting very serious. Yeah. Well, no. Now I can't remember where I was going oh, with this. You were, you were talking about um, – oh, I know. Guess Mike Evans' age. That's what I was going to say. Guess 20, how old he is right now. 22. 23. He's 23 years old. Look at what he's done in the NFL already. I knew, I, I knew he was young coming into the NFL. All right. We have another young player coming up on the show. Young fantasy player. Up and comer, if you will, Derek. He's a kid. By the way, before we introduce him. Yeah. Let me just say. I was We're not bringing him. We, we got to get so, to a break, so make this point okay, quick. Okay, Team X747. Tony guess, Pong. Oh, by the yeah, way. That you had on last week. Yes. I was pissed. Hold on. you had him on when I was gone. Right. Because we email once in a while, and he's cool. He's awesome. And then his picture was a cool picture. Right. So let me just say I'm pissed. And, and let me just say, Tony, thank you so much for co-hosting last week. Right, I, I'm miss, happy, I miss you already. I'm happy to have Darren on. Not, I'm, I think Darren's going to be awesome. Yeah. But, I, you know, Tony and I are inter- email pals and missed out on that opportunity. Yeah, well. 
you'll have to develop another pen pal to bring on the show. Less vacations. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour brings on fourth place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship, Darren Hendrickson, when we come back right after this. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman and the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, hanging out with you this weekend here on the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We are proud to bring in tonight's guest on the evening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him on right now. He is a uh, longtime fantasy football player. He's been playing high stakes for eight years, depending upon his schedule. He likes to play between 10 and 15 leagues each year. Uh, he currently sits at fourth place in the Football Guys Players Championship. A warm welcome. To the show, Mr. Darren Hendrickson. How's it going, man? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're, do- we're doing excellent. We're happy to have you on tonight because we, had, we already had your father on. And I know that uh, Dave normally likes to ask questions uh, about our guest's oh, I have career. Already. And I know that when we had Dan Hendrickson on, also a very accomplished FFPC player, uh, I, I feel like we spent 15 minutes on Dairy Queen, which I don't want to do tonight, spend 15. but we will spend some time on it. Yes. Yeah, so, so did you start out as a, like, when you were 16, like as a fry cook or something like, you know, putting like the little dimples or, you know, the, whatever they call those things on the, on the cone, the dimples, the, <laughs> the dimple, whatever they, what are they, the, that, that loop you, you, when you, you put dip, dip it into the stuff. Oh yeah. The, with the, the, the crushed, uh, Kringle yeah. or whatever. I'm sure Darren's, Darren's wincing yeah. right now. Yeah. What is that called? All right, Darren, go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't uh, I don't even know what you guys are talking about, to be honest. But uh, we, uh, they used to take me down there when I was about 12, and I would sit in a booth and cry when my dad worked. So that's how I started. <laughs> well, they're, but, so sad. Yeah. Well, hey, let me ask you this, Darren. Who got who into fantasy football? Did your dad get you into fantasy football, or did you get him into fantasy football? Uh, I would have to say he got me into fantasy football. Uh, we've been doing it for a while, but, yeah, he was definitely first. So he, he was first. You guys have uh, obviously. You, I mean, you, you've enjoyed a lot of su- success uh, both individually uh, and and as. What's what's it like? I don't know. I mean, are do you compete against him in like home leagues at all? As well as uh, you know, um, playing with him uh, in the FFPC and, and FPC. What's it like competing with him and against him? Um, you know, he he likes to talk a lot of smack, but uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, my brother actually does it too, and. Uh, Anytime one of us gets too high, it's like don't don't you forget you're probably in the band here. So it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a little different, but we we manage to manage it pretty well, I think. All right, let's talk about your team. You're in fourth place in the Football Guys Players Championship. Congratulations! Uh, in your draft, 20 of the first 32 picks were wide receivers, leaving you with David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and Shady McCoy. Were you targeting any of these guys in the draft? Uh, going into the year, I had David Johnson as my fourth best player, so I was always targeting him outside the first three. Uh, Bell, I thought, was tremendous value in the second. I mean, you get past the three, the first three weeks, and he puts up 20 a week. And then uh, at sh- I got McCoy late in the third, and I, that was a pick at that point, I thought. So I wasn't really targeting McCoy, but the other two, yeah, they were definitely targets. Darren, when you, when you were drafting this team, uh, I, I can – I'd be hard pressed to believe you if you told me, yeah, those are the the three guys I was looking at in in those first three rounds. After you have them, uh, you get Johnson, Bell, and McCoy. When you're looking at your team, were you? I mean, did did you have a feeling then, like, wow, if if I hit on a couple of receivers here and and don't get shut out at tight ends, this could really be a special team. At what point 
if ever, were you thinking that while you were doing this draft? Um, yeah, after you get those first three running backs, you feel pretty set at that position. So you start to throw darts at the board with the receivers and say, as long as I hit on a couple of these, I got a really good team. I got a really good chance at competing here. And then throw, you know, get Jeremy Macklin in there and get John Brown. So those were those were my guys. And to get somebody that caught 98 balls the year before, I thought it was tremendous value. He hasn't worked out, oh. Macklin, but. All about getting your guys, Dave, once again. Wow. You heard it from the best here. Darren Hendrickson tonight telling you getting you a little nauseous. to get your guys. Hey, I'll tell you what, uh, Darren, you had to make the rest of the league nauseous when you got to Marco Murray uh, also as your uh, fourth running back in the first six rounds in this league. <laughs> so disgusting. It really was. With all of the zero RB discussion, and I know we've talked about zero RB you know, for the last three or four years on the show, but again, I, I feel like this is the year that, that it was most prevalent in, uh, in a lot of leagues uh, that FFPC players participate in, with, with it dominating uh, this, draft se- this past draft season, are we going to see the rise of the running backs next year? Is there going to be a backlash to zero RB given the success that we've seen uh, with guests on this show that have been um, right at the top of the leaderboard drafting running backs heavy early? Given the success that you've had in the Football Guys Players Championship uh, this year, do we see more of a return to uh, running backs being drafted a little heavier in the first few rounds next year with less of an emphasis on receivers? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I think it got a little out of hand this year. I mean, everybody was just wide receiver crazy, and you were getting real good value for running backs. You're getting Melvin Gordon late, you're getting Frank Gore late. I mean, DeMarco Murray went in the fifth or sixth round in some drafts, Giovanni Bernard. So there was a, I mean, there was a lot of running backs going late that shouldn't have went that late just based off workload, stuff like that. So, yeah, I would think there's a little bit of a backlash next year where it's more balanced or should be more balanced because, uh, it, I mean, it got out of hand this year. Well, especially in, like, in like the FFPC format where you can start two, two wide receivers and you can start three tight ends if you want to and you can start four running backs. It just doesn't – I mean, I get, I get going for wide receivers really, but it, you don't have to stack wide receivers. You don't have to go with four wide receivers and go crazy on them because it's not a three wide receiver format where you have to start three like some of the other lesser formats out there. All right. You don't have to bring that up. We, we love the Kentucky <laughs> Fantasy Football oh, League yeah. Championship. That's right. Good job, Farrell. Um, Darren, I mean, when, when you're building your football guys' teams or, or your FFPC teams, I mean, that's got to play a pretty big role in, in knowing um, you can really take best player available more than you could in like a home league or a different league with different sets of rules where you only have to get two running backs every week on your roster. You only have to get two receivers every week. You only have one tight end and the other two are wild cards that has to play a part in you being able to take best player available more often than not. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great format for everybody. So you can take best value. You don't have to panic and start reaching for receivers or reaching for running backs. You can just let the draft go to you and take who you think is the best value there. Speaking of best value, getting DeMarco Murray in the sixth round, I do want to bring this up. This isn't really a question, but just more of a commentary on what I saw the last week and a half, two weeks of uh, high-stakes drafts when I was facilitating um, with the FFPC. It sure seemed like DeMarco Murray was slipping more, and deservedly so. Derrick Henry was getting a lot of pub. People were saying, like, he's going to be the man this year. Uh, Murray's just sort of there. Uh, they didn't know that um, that uh, they were going to have uh, Murray on the roster when they when they when they drafted or you know vice versa like like Henry was the guy he was going to be the future and he was like falling a little bit Mark Murray is falling a bit but still to me 
wasn't falling to a spot where I think like he should have been drafted. I was, and I was looking at accomplished high stakes players taking DeMarco Murray in like the fifth and sixth rounds. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? You know? And, really? I, feel, and I feel like I say this every year. There's always like one or two players where I'm like, okay, I know they're really good, but they completely whiffed on this. And then here we are in no- November 4th, Dave. I'm like, you know what? They were right the whole time. <laughs> Eric Balkman, still wrong. You know, I did that with Jimmy Graham this year, actually. I wasn't really considering drafting him at all that much. And then I saw a few, uh, few uh, just a few people that I'm like, oh, they're drafting Graham. That's interesting. Yeah. So I took him yeah. in a number, number of leagues. <laughs> That's a copycat. Yeah. yeah, just as a, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so now we, we're actually going to give you a question now. Yeah, just talking go ahead. About Sorry, yeah. So, John Brown, you have him on your team. Let's talk a little bit about J.J. Nelson. Balky's boy, Michael Floyd, has been struggling. And, uh, How is he my boy? <laughs> serious serious oh. question. Because I own him in a dynasty league. He's my boy all of a sudden. That's a tough guy to have your boy. For the record, he is not my boy. <laughs> and Bruce Arians called Nelson a starter. Oh, so could J.J. Nelson be a league winner um, off the waiver wire for players this season, or is he just another guy? I, I think he's just another guy. I think maybe a good flex play with matchups, but I wouldn't expect much of him. I don't think think he's still behind Fitz. I still think he's behind John Brown. They love to give David Johnson the ball. Um, it's hard for him to be anything more than like a wide receiver four in my mind. But You know who I like actually on that team is that Jerron Brown. It seems to me like he's the type of guy that... Um, he's on IR for what it's worth. I know, but I'm saying okay. like he's the type of guy that I'd always get if I had John Brown going, like Jerron Brown would make him play and be like, God damn, it's wrong. Oh, I, the, it's, you listen, you are wrong to the choir. I, I don't know because they... they, they they have similar body types. They yeah. obviously play the same position. Shrimpy and fast and skinny. And their number, I think one is 12. And they have the same four. number. Yeah, <laughs> it's so annoying. Like, you can't, I, I, you know, I watch Cardinals games and I'll have John Brown because I've never had Jerron Brown going, ever. Like, maybe in a DE or something. But, you, you know, you're, you have John Brown going and, like, Palmer, I'm glad I down, you down the field, 26 yards complete. That's Brown. I'm like, yes. It's like, Jerron Brown with his fourth <laughs> catch of the – I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It is so annoying watching those guys when – because when, Jerron Brown was, like you said, making a lot of plays yeah. before he got hurt. So I think that uh, um, that's one of the frustrating things about him. He's a guy I'm interested in in Dynasty for future years if he becomes a free agent and gets used somewhere like if. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. Belichick doesn't – he only signs white wide receivers to be, to be the guys that play in the slot. Hey, now. But, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, just like any, any other team signs Ron Brown, I'm interested in him. Okay. Well, you heard it here fifth or sixth. He's the Chris Hogan of some other team. <laughs> Great nickname. Uh, Darren Hendrickson, fourth place in the Football Guys Players Championship, is our guest tonight on the HSFF Hour. Uh, Darren, how surprised were you when you heard that Norv Turner uh, had resigned as the Vikings offensive coordinator – and do you expect the fantasy value of any of the Minnesota players to change going forward because of the move? I think Shermer is now the new offensive coordinator in Minnesota running things now. Uh, is there any potential value shift there? And did this really come out of nowhere? Um, I'm actually a huge Vikings fan, and they said that Norv wanted to resign for a while. I don't know if that's any truth to that or anything. But, no, it was, it was a surprising thing to see, but I, I think it helps the offense. I don't think it can hurt the offense the last two weeks. It's been absolutely awful. But uh, I think it might help Diggs the most. Uh, I think Shermer likes to run a little more West Coast, and Diggs is a great route runner. So just get the three-step drop, get the ball out of your hands. I think that helps him a lot. As bad as that offensive line is, I think it probably hurts Kyle Rudolph. Just I think they have to keep extra guys in the block because 
the offensive line can't block anybody. So. Yeah, and that and that's the guy I wanted to ask you about was Rudolph because he has been having, I mean, maybe his best season as a pro uh, so far this year. He's looked really, really good. I know, Dave, you've, you've had him going in, in a few uh, uh, Kentucky leagues. Kyle Rudolph um, has been uh, a guy that uh, yeah, he has, been has, really has, has been very good as far as it could be. Because because our payback team, the, that's right. The tight end position in general this year has kind of been hit or miss after the, the first few studs. And even those first few studs have had some pretty bad weeks. Um, but you have uh, Kyle Rudolph is a guy that I, I thought that would, would sort of be um, the interesting guy to watch now going forward with Schirmer taking over. Rudolph was so cheap because he just had never put it together. But right. he always supposedly had the talent. Yeah. And then so much harder. talent, but yeah, can't put it together. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like this show, Dave. <laughs> Except for the talent part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a we that, laugh at your own that joke. was a classic right there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Breaking the button. So back on the oh, show. Man. Get us back on track here. I feel like the, the mountain climbing yodeler on Price is Right. We're about to fall off. Rob, see if we can get that drop, too. I'd love that production drop. <laughs> that would be great. All right. So, anyway, you're having a very good year in the main event as well. What? With one squad of 33rd place overall. That's fantastic. Uh, only $81. By the way, this question says with only $81 left in your fab budget, for me, I'd be ecstatic like, about that, right? That's like a lot. Pound, like mounds and mounds of cash totaling up to $81 in your fab budget. You're the Donald Trump of fab money left in this. But actually, you probably have a bunch of cheap cheap people in your league that have four or 500 bucks left. So how do you feel about the team's chances to cash a big check? And also keeping in mind that um, you can use your playoff money in the – or use your fab money in the playoffs. Oh, there's actually. playoff money? Yeah, there's play, well, if you win the league, there's playoff money. Okay. Oh, anyway. Whatever the question was – what do you yeah, think? Darren, Darren, maybe you want to compare this squad to your football guys one as far as what, how, how good the chances are of this team doing some damage uh, in the main event this year. Uh, my football guy team is, I think, a lot better than my Vegas team. It's uh, my main event team. I don't have very many running backs. I'm starting Gio and Jonathan Stewart, which are fine, but not Gio's real solid not there. And, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I definitely can't them. <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, Julio does. I need those guys to play real well to have a chance. I think I should probably win my league, but as far as in the main in the main event, I probably won't do much there with that team. So there's a much different draft strategy there than it was for the football guy one. So when you when you talk about the different um, strategy in uh in drafts between the football guys players championship and, and the main event is this just a, a a philosophical difference in drafting in these two because obviously the rules are the same the scoring is the same the lineups are the same um is there just a difference in in drafting in a main event compared to a football guys players championship or did the draft just fall to you differently in these in each of these leagues um actually yeah my main event team i went in wanted i wanted to get julio at three and i got him and then uh, I got to the second round, and Dez was there, so I took him for best value. And then uh, my third pick was actually Keenan Allen, which was just blew my mind that he was there. So after that, there wasn't much strategy involved to get three number one receivers like that. Where the football guy won, I mean, I, I went in targeting David Johnson, targeting, targeting Bell. So, no, it wasn't uh, – it was just – it kind of happened, I guess. 
it just sort of happens sometimes sometimes that way, Dave. I think you and I can both attest to that. We do have to take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Darren Hendrickson, the fourth-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, asking about Corey Coleman and his return to the Cleveland Browns lineup. Should he be returning to your fantasy lineups this weekend? Find out right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzek with the FFPC. And we are talking to Football Guys Players Championship fourth place team owner Darren Hendrickson tonight here on the show. Darren, let's uh, talk about a guy that has missed a lot of time. Uh, I know a, a guy that Dave was very high on at the start of the season, missed time with the broken hand, and that's Corey Coleman. Uh, it sounds like he is going to play against Dallas this week. He is taken off the injury report as of today. Would you feel comfortable putting him in your lineup right away, even though Terrell Pryor has been very successful this year, and Cody Kessler uh, has been named the starting quarterback this week, so he will be catching balls uh, from Kessler. What are your thoughts on plugging Coleman in back in your uh, lineup right away his first game back? Uh, I mean, with so many buys, I, I wouldn't mind playing him. Uh, Kessler doesn't inspire confidence when you put somebody in your lineup and Terrell Pryor is a target machine. So, but they should be down and they should be throwing a lot, I would think. So I, I don't mind him as a flex play. If you have anything else, I'd like to use the wait and see approach, but. Dave, from a completely biased standpoint, <laughs> what are you doing with Coleman this week? What do you expect him to put well, up? Throw him right in there, Valky. Yeah. 10 for 220 and two okay, touchdowns. Okay, no, seriously, what do you think he's, <laughs> he's going to put up? I don't know, like 5 for 70 and maybe a touchdown. Okay, so even still, I think that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that yeah. is very good. I like, uh, I, yeah, I think Coleman, if, he, if he's not even on the injury report anymore. Correct. So, which, by the way, I read one of those blurbs, like we were talking about Coleman. I'm like, oh, should I, do you think he's going to play this week? And you're like, yeah, of course he's playing. I'm like, yeah. And the, the blur was already outdated. Right, Roto World. Yeah. When we were talking about there, that. There's a chance he might make it back. Well, because you were like, well, I need to cut somebody to, to, yeah, to, 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 to fill in for a, a flex here. And I said, well, what's wrong with Corey Coleman? And you're like, oh, he's not going to play, is no, he? I said, yeah, so I'm not sure if he's playing. Look at this. Yeah. No, I said, look at this. Well, I, and then you I, were didn't, like, I wasn't totally saying you wasn't. Anyway, right, whatever. Anyway, trying to give myself a little credit. It's been a little fuzzy here for both <laughs> of our memories, but let's let's move on. As Darren, right. the next question. So, Darren, is Jamal Charles done? This is a question I have uh, Jamal Charles in at least one league. Uh, what would you give up for him in a dynasty league right now? Oh man, uh, I think he is. I mean, he's going to be thirty. He's got his third knee surgery, and Spencer Ware has proven to be more than capable of taking the workload and now West playing and he played well in Charles absence. So I think he is done. I can't imagine I'd give up more than like a third rounder for him. I just don't think he's worth it to me at this point. Uh, uh, Conversely, uh, Darren, let's talk about Spencer Ware then. If Charles is done, if he doesn't come back to the Chiefs next year, is Ware a first round pick for you next year? Okay, before that... Before that question, I know. Okay. I'm sorry, this kind of actually totally blows your question. Not, not saying, oh not saying, my, not saying uh, it blows it away. I'm it, sorry. It just changes wow. the whole perspective. Dave Gerzak, trained you know journalist that is just knows that ask the heavy Forget hitting. It. No, I go ahead. I don't no, want to talk no, anymore. Ask the question. Ask if it's just life changing. <laughs> should I sit down? Should I get a chair over here and sit down? No. Just, well, what what would you trade for Spencer Ware right now? Is the question? It's the same. It's unlike your dumb question. Yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> actually, yeah, I, it, I'm. I take it all back. <laughs> Whatever. We're going dynasty. Yeah, dynasty. Dynasty, yeah. I'd I'd give up a first form for sure. Uh, depends on my team's makeup and if I can win now or what my goal is. But 
he's worth at least a first in my mind. Guy's been real good, and he can handle the workload, and I think he looks good on the field. So, And Andy Reid's really good for his running back. So. What do you think, Bulky, on both questions, Charles and Okay, Andrew. well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he is done. I, I think Wayne Ellis actually pointed out um, uh, best in the, in the chat room here, and now I can't find – oh, he may play, but he's still done. You know what I mean? And that could be the case where he comes back and plays, but how successful, how reliable is he going to be? So I'm very bearish on Jamal Charles. As far as Spencer Ware goes, in Dynasty, you look at – this is a real thick uh, year for uh, running backs in Dynasty with – uh, a lot of underclassmen expected to play. You have Fournette and Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb uh, and all these guys and uh, the Pumphrey kid from San Diego State. Um, you have all these guys coming out. So it's going to be a thick year for running backs in the first round. That said, they all have bust potential. Granted, you know, the, the top three probably will not bust. They probably will be good. But we don't know. We, I mean, nobody thought Trent Richardson was going to bust. Um, we don't know. We do know that Spencer Ware can already do it on this level. And you're talking about trading a first-round pick for him, even if it's like the 103 or 104, I think Ware makes a lot of sense straight up for that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I totally disagree in a number of ways. Yep. <laughs> How many different ways can you disagree with that? There's two different things. Right. Well, okay. I, I'd give up a future second for Charles. I think that Charles may be, may be done. Okay. But you, you look at Frank Gore. He's playing well into his 30s. And, you know, Charles had a complication coming off an ACL. So it's like he's doing it, getting this cleanup done. Maybe so. Then he has an entire year to recover again, and even if he's not back with the Chiefs, he might be playing somewhere else. Right. He's still a dynamic player, fast, super elusive. If he's back at full strength and he's rehabbing, I'm willing to give up a future second for him. As far as where goes, I agree with you on all that stuff about those future about those running backs. Right. But even if those running backs do bust, there's a chance, probably a reasonable chance, that the Chiefs take one early in the first or second round, and at that point, that player. Now, granted. You know, you got the whole Derek Henry, Henry Murray type mm-hmm. possibility going on, but then you're looking at the running back of the future, and where is not this pedigree black uh, back? He's an un- <laughs> undrafted. Yeah, Freudian flip. Right, apparently, <laughs> undrafted back, and you, he's he's just. Who are you he, voting for in the election? Whatever, man. That's, <laughs> Trump is not racist. <laughs> Neither am I. So he's just un, he's an undrafted free agent. So it's like I don't know. No, I get it. I get it. So it, I think to me, where really wasn't drafted. I believe he's just a free agent. Okay, maybe, he, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. He was with Seattle, wasn't he, for um, um, for a few years before he signed with or yeah. before he got acquired by Kansas City. So, so if I'm buying, I'm paying a future second for where. But if I own him and I do own him in a dynasty league or two, I would sell him for a future first. Actually, no matter who it is, it's giving it to, up to me. There you go. Let's. Right, uh, so sorry to keep throwing no, on. No, him. listen. This is good because uh, it, it segues into our next question. It's not about Chiefs running backs. It's actually about Vikings running backs. So this is an email from Jim in Tallahassee, Florida. Hey, go Knowles. Hi, Darren. I'm a 12 team. I'm in a 12 team, 20 man league and lost Peterson this season. I have to start Matt Asiata or Jarek McKinnon this week as my second running back next to DeMarco Murray. Which one of the three should I bench? That is Jim in Tallahassee, Florida. Thank you for the email, Jim. So he's got to start two of these three guys. I think that uh, Darren, you'd, you'd agree with, well, I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I would start uh, Murray here. Uh, I don't know how much advantage there is of starting both Asiata and McKinnon, but if you were this guy, you had two spots for these three players. Which is the guy that you're benching? Um, benching McKinnon for sure. He's probably averaging like two yards a carry. He doesn't get any of the goal line work. Not catching the ball really. Um, I think Asiata is definitely a better fantasy option. And then, yeah, for sure, Murray. So, Asiata, Murray, you agree, Dave? Not not starting both Vikings running backs? Unfortunately. Uh, what was that? So He's got Murray, um, McKinnon, and Asiata. He can only play two of them. Well, so you, yeah, you just, yes, 
bench course. bench McKinnon. Hey, just yeah, I like uh, McKinnon has been very disappointing. Yeah, I'm very I'm disappointed. And you're a big McKinnon guy. I like. Yeah, I expected a lot out of him. Skill set, he sucks. Yeah, what Darren? You're a Vikings fan. What, what's been going on with McKinnon? Because it seemed like he could have been the the back of the future there in Minnesota after uh, Peterson, but he just he's really struggled up there. What do you think the reason behind that is? Um. I don't know so much of his talent as it is just the offensive line can't block anybody right now. They uh, they look real bad, and I think it just affects everybody. That could be the case. Uh, it gives me a little bit of hope, of hope actually. Yeah. I, I was just wondering if he just lacks the kind of the, the vision and awareness, you know, like, you know, because he's not been I mean, running he's, back he's, his whole ha- He's had some pretty good games. I mean, it's not like he's stunk, he's, stunk he's up had, the joint every game. I would argue he's had some pretty good plays. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't, right. That's, my, that's yeah. my contention. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Uh, another email here uh, from Wayne in Waltham, Massachusetts. He writes, Sharkandrick West and Tim Hightower were picked up in my leagues the past two weeks. Do you have any advice on some handcuffed running backs that are floating on the waiver wire right now that you think should be owned? Thanks, Darren. And thank you, Wayne, for the email. Uh, Wayne in Waltham, Massachusetts. So, Dave, you look at uh, – uh, well, Dave and Darren, you, you look at um, – West starting this week uh, with wear out and obviously Charles on IR. You look at Tim Hightower has carved out um, maybe as much as 50%, maybe more of the backfield touches in New Orleans with uh, Mark Ingram riding the pine quite a bit last week. As we look forward to stock our rosters full of handcuffed running backs that, that will gain value, significant value, um, if, they're, if the guy that they're backing up goes down, is there anybody out there right now, Darren, that you can think of uh, that really should be rostered in leagues? Um, a couple that come to my mind would be uh, Kenneth Dixon in Baltimore and Robert Kelly, but I would assume they're on rosters already. Uh, what is it, CJ Procise in Seattle. But uh, No, it's pretty slim pickings out there, I think, at the running back position right now at least. Dave, let me ask you this. What about your boy, the new backup running back in Kansas City, Mr. Bishop Sankey? <laughs> put in any is that, bids? Is that a little Michael Floyd put, revenge? Put, put it, no, it's, <laughs> listen, he, he, he was way your boy before, or more so than, than uh, Michael Floyd was ever my boy. Um, Bishop Sankey, backup running back, Kansas City, one game away, or one play away from significant playing time, unless Ware is, is good to go off this concussion uh, next week. Did where, you, where will we find next week? Sankey's nothing, and I think West will have a great game. This okay. Week. All right. That's Fair my enough. Opinion. All right. Can you think of any other uh, running backs out there? I mean, Procise, I think, was the, yeah. was was a guy that got picked up a lot, a lot in leagues this week, but he would have been my choice here. Yeah, so there's not a lot out there anymore, but, you know, after this Wednesday waiver wire. I mean, I guess if I was searching for somebody, I, I go back to players where they're kind of the true backup behind the, behind the starting running back. And they're probably not owned, yeah. and that brings me like a Benny Cunningham guy. But that's if you guys have absolute garbage on your roster that you know, like right. you can just that you just need to put something there. Like if you have three two defenses and the other one sucks, you know, you just pick them up for one week. Right. That's the type of guy I would I would add at that point. I'll, gi- I'll give you one. This is a guy that I, I got in a few leagues, and I was actually surprised I did. I, I didn't think I had the ammo to pull it off, but apparently I did. Carlos Hyde might miss this week. Yep. And uh, he's got a, that AC joint injury. That I mean, that's we don't know yeah, he how serious. You could never know. He could be IR could, at some point. could be multiple weeks. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Dewan Harris has both leapfrogged Sean Drawn 
uh, Sean Drone and Mike Davis for the backup duties. He could be starting this week uh, for San Francisco. Dewan Harris, the oh, former yeah. Green Bay Packer. So Dewan Harris was brought up in the chat. Actually, okay. the chat room is doing a lot better than we are here. DeAndre Washington has been dropped in the spots. Uh, he got dropped in a Kentucky League. Peyton Barber, and then uh, Damian Williams was brought up. And actually, I did. I forgot I, about Damian Williams. I picked him up in my Ajayi leagues. Uh, he was cheap because he's coming right, up to buy. Right. And um, Peyton Barber, uh, the last man. Here's the here's the problem with Peyton Barber. He's the last man standing in the Tampa backfield. You know what that means. He's like, the Tampa Bay running back position this year is the spinal tap drummer position because you know as soon as you get the gig, you're going to go down. Doug Martin goes down. Charles Sims goes down. Jacquez Rogers goes down. Anton Smith, out for the year, goes down. Now they're at number five, Peyton Barber. Get him while you can and is be Rogers, prepared to drop him next week. Yeah, Rogers is going to come back. Probably uh, he has not been IR'd. My guess would probably be he misses uh, another week or two and then comes back. I don't know how serious the injury is, but it, it, the fact that he was ruled out so early, and I know it was a yeah, Thursday night game. That's true. Uh, I just don't feel real Rogers Rogers looking great. He was looking fantastic. So bizarre to see that. Yeah. Just, just sometimes, Dave, every now and then, <laughs> you have a uh, – there's always hope for Sankey. Is yeah, I was just gonna, I was just trying to bring it back to Bishop Sankey somehow, and you did it for me. Uh, go ahead and ask Darren our, our final question uh, for him tonight. All right, Darren, this is always my favorite one. Uh, give us an early-round stud that uh, people should seriously consider benching this week, as well as a player that not many people will start this weekend that you think will actually have a good performance. Um, if I had to go with an early-round stud, I'd say uh, probably McCoy. Banged up in Seattle. It's not a great matchup. Uh, start. Uh, Derrick Henry, I think. I think they wanted to manage uh, Murray's carries a little bit, and it's a pretty solid matchup, and Henry's probably a good flex play this week, I think. Yeah, we. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that workload that DeMarco Murray's going on. I, I, Aunt Jemima was talking, I think it was Aunt Jemima in the chat room, talking about how Malarkey was on um, the radio saying that, uh, you know, I'm not going to give more touches to Henry because what you've been doing has been working. Um, and that's fine, but... I don't know if Murray can hold up under that workload. It's going to be one of these weeks if he still is getting that many touches that uh, he might get hurt or it just might be obvious that Henry needs uh, to get in there um, and, and, and carve out more of a role in that backfield. So I, I think that Henry's an interesting guy. Uh, and against at San Diego this week, who knows? We, yep. we could see both of them have a good game between yeah, Murray and Henry. Final score like 40-39. Who knows? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, what I do have an idea of is what a treat – there's a Dairy Queen reference for you. It was to have uh, Darren Hendrickson on tonight. Darren, I wish you best of luck in both your football guys uh, league, your main event league, and all your other leagues this year. Uh, best wishes to you, and uh, thanks for coming on tonight. We certainly appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, have a, have a good night, guys. It was, it was fun being on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Darren Hendrickson, the fourth-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, ladies and gentlemen. Ahead of dear old dad on the leaderboard right now. So that's <laughs> got to be some bragging. Talking right? some smack. As well as uh, Darren's brothers ahead of him as well. So cool talking to Darren Hendrickson. We're going to talk to you via your emails and tweets coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is week nine. We're in week nine because Tampa already played Atlanta last night. And this is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour edition of the preview of the rest of the games this weekend. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak coming at you. Let's answer some emails. Tweet, 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 tweet. Give 
you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFFHour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFFHour on Twitter. I was thinking about uh, Matt Asiata when we were talking to Darren just now about him. And you remember I went on my rant um, a month or so ago. I said, I will never pick this guy up. <laughs> he is a waste of space. You can never count on him. Uh, and then I, a few weeks ago, I ended up picking him up in like three or four leagues. I've started him in like two leagues the last three weeks. How's he done for you? Not bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised at the, at the pass catching. Uh, he he kind of had an off week last week. But, I mean, like, he had one game where he had, like, six catches for 35 yards, you know, and just nine and a half right there. I mean, he's a half point away from double digits, and that's without the rushing yards of the touchdown. So I was a little surprised with Asiata. Let's uh, get to our uh, emails here, Dave. The first one is from John in San Antonio, Texas. He writes, Delaney Walker looks like he's going to be questionable again this week, and he's in a late game. Could you guys help me out by playing a would-you-rather with him? Well, John, since you ask so nicely... We would uh, love to play that. Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? All these light profanities here, Balky. We don't do heavy profanities on this show. Oh, good. Another tease for the... Uh, your, High your intro, intro song, too, has a couple of swears in there. No, no, no. Those are edited out. I thought I could hear them. You got to listen. Well, I mean, it's clear what they're saying, but they don't actually say it. Well, that's good. Listen to the High Stakes Lowdown. I had to beep uh, Kevin O'Connor this week. That was uh, a big moment for me. It's my first uh, edited first, expletive. First edited show ever. Yeah. Uh, well, no, not you first do edited edit that. Show. You edit that show. Yeah, right? that one's edited. It's much more professional than the dog and pony show we do here on Friday nights. Yeah, I'd like bringing it to people raw walking out like you're edited crap. Well, there. bring it raw with Delaney Walker. So the way that I'm dividing this up is Delaney Walker is a 4 o'clock game this weekend. <clears throat> so it's a little bit more difficult. So I figure we'll play a Delaney Walker, uh, would you rather, if you wait, okay, with, right. with other options in late games, okay? Sure. Okay, so you have Delaney Walker, Dave, at San Diego, or Antonio Gates at home against um, Tennessee. I'll take Gates. See, now, he, here's the thing. I will play Walker in that, in that sense because you can wait on it. Right. These, the, you can wait on all these guys. I'd rather play Walker there than Gates. Uh, okay, I think I know what you're going to answer. It's going to be a lot of these. Uh, Lance Kendricks against uh, the Carolina Civ Panthers secondary at home. Oh, in that case, playing Walker. I will too. <laughs> Jack Doyle at the Packers. Um, you know, I'll probably still play Walker. That I, I, I think I like him a little bit better. I agree. Richard Rodgers against the Colts at home. Yeah, Rodgers sucks. Clive Walford at sucks. At home against Denver, so you're not playing him. These guys just aren't good. Walker's actually a good football player. Charles Clay, one of the last weapons left for Buffalo at <laughs> Seattle. Uh, against Seattle, even uh, though they have the better corners, I'll, I'll still go with uh, I'll go with Walker. Yeah, me too. Okay, so here's the early games. These are the ones you have to make a decision on. Okay, okay so you won't know if Walker's active. Here's okay. where the chess. Well, that was the checkers. Right. Would you rather? Here's the chess. Would you rather? <laughs> so you have Delaney Walker or Eric Ebron at Minnesota. Uh, you know, I expect that Ebron game to be kind of low scoring. Uh, 
So, no, I, I mean, obviously I'll start Ebron, though, if I have to have a choice, because if I'm not sure if Walker's playing. I would okay. start all these early guys unless they're really well, 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 let's let's, do, let's just see about that. All right. Okay. All right. What, so what are the odds of Walker playing right now? Well, he was he was limited. And then he, 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 but he slipped on something today and he, in and the shower? no, no, no. I, I forget what the, 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 uh, the blurb was, but he, he tweaked his groin a little bit and he says, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, he's optimistic that he'll play, but there is no glowing endorsement of like, I guarantee you, okay. I, right. you know, so All that's right. one of those types of things. Thanks. Okay. So, uh, Delaney Walker or Dennis Pitta at home against the Steelers. Pitta. Jason, I'd say Pitta anyway. uh, Jason Witten at the Browns. Not as excited, but the Browns suck. I'll pay uh, Witten. I agree. Julius Thomas against uh, at the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I don't think the Jags are going to do very well. I think the Chiefs are going to be a great defense play. I would still start Thomas just because of the certainty. I mean, it's just, you just don't have the certainty with uh, okay. the other direction. Zach Ertz at the Giants? Uh, I don't own Ertz anywhere. Has he been good or terrible? No, he has not been good. <laughs> he has not been good, Dave. Well, proven correct by not drafting him. Right. Um... I might, I guess I might wait. I guess on that one. I would, I would play Walker. And here's the other one. This is the last one. Will tie against the Eagles. Will tie. Yeah, I'd probably wait on Walker. Yeah. yeah. I hate getting a zero though. It's so annoying. I hate getting a zero too. But there's no guarantee you're getting anything out of Will Tie or Zach Ertz. Yep, that's true. Okay, moving that's on. That's true. Uh, let's go to the next email here, Dave. We have the next page of emails. Sorry. That email was really well. Uh, we put a lot of work into that one. Ken, well, I did the prep for that one more so than I normally do. Ken in Boulder, Colorado. Dear greetings and salutations. Running out of roster spots. Which Eagles running back should I keep on my roster? I need to drop one of Matthew Sproles and Smallwood to pick up a defense this week. Your answer hopefully starts now. That is Ken in Boulder, Colorado. Clearly a longtime listener of the show. So let's do a good job answering his email here. I think it's Smallwood. I mean, keep Matthews, keep Sproles. I know Matthews only had eight snaps last week, but it's it's yeah. tough for me to keep Smallwood over Matthews, and you're obviously keeping Sproles. Yeah, that's that's a not want to say an easy one, but that's an easy one. Did you see? Um, yeah, Aunt Jemima saying uh, uh, drop Smallwood. Um, did you see that Sproles got dropped in the Kentucky auction? Yes, and I week? tried to bid as much as I could on him, and yeah. I didn't get him. Every time I I you know I I'm saving. I thought I did a pretty good job of saving money in that league. To acquire talent, not good enough. Huh? And no, it's I don't I don't remember what I spent it on, but I'm down to like two or three hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember picking up anybody significant off the waiver wire, uh, so that was weird. Probably Asiata. No, I didn't get him in that league. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so it's really weird. I don't know who I spent my money on, but I also missed out on him because of that. And then Corey Coleman was obviously dropped in that league, and two Packer. Oh yeah. Jumped on that when Coleman got dropped like two weeks after he got hurt for like eight hundred something dollars and he can start reaping the rewards of that. There's a fourteen team league, so it's fourteen like teamer, it's yeah. Real, it's real tough to get yes. waiver guys. What's up, Dave and Balky? I need to bench two of these four in my basement league. My league switched to FFPC scoring this year, so please keep Good that move. in mind. Yep, yeah, whatever. You're always ripping on the FFPC scoring. I'll give it some kind words once in a while. All right. Well, it's pretty good. Just in case uh, the prognosticator is listening. Yep. Uh, yeah, Dave, I I appreciate you doing the show with Balky. Like he obviously needs the help, you know, that you do for the show. But if you could, if you could just kind of not be ripping on, you know, our scoring system all the time on the show, just once in a while, say, hey, you know, it's it's actually not a bad scoring system, like. <laughs> You know, people have they have fun with it. They like the FFPC, and I think that you know the more positive we can be on the show, uh, you know, the better off we'll we'll really we're all going to be, and really the fantasy industry will be. 
pretty accurate. Thank you. I think I've got that call, actually. Yeldon at Kansas City. All right, Yeldon at Kansas City. Eric Ebron at Minnesota. In the FFPC format. Okay. Richard Matthews at the Chargers. Okie dokie. Dennis Pitta versus the Steelers. Ooh. By the way, this is Tony, this is from Tony in Manchester, Connecticut. I mean, Thank you for start, the email. Uh, sit, uh, start two. I'm starting Ebron and Pitta. So you're start, not, not even thinking twice about it. So, okay, you were talking about it being a 40-39 to 39 game in that Tennessee-San Diego game. Matthews means nothing to you, apparently. He's just not a – again, he's not that great of a player. I mean, he's get, he's a get, you know, he gets projected for like 10 points a week, and if he gets that, we're happy. Conversely, so, we're going to get into Roethlisberger in a little bit. So Ebron, wanna... Ebron and Pitta are getting targets okay. like the yin-yang, okay. and you're going to point a half per catch. Okay, all fair. Look at who Ebron's playing. Look at who Pitta's playing, okay? You're talking about – As the Royals say, I realize that. Yeah, and, and even – so the final score could be 9-7, to seven, and you're cool with starting Ebron and Pitta, whereas Matthews, the total – I don't know what the total on that, but it's got to be high 40s in that game. Yeah, and yeah, Yeldon yeah. gets the new coordinator this week. Who said he's going to put an emphasis on the running game? And Which you just more uncertain. You literally put 0.4 seconds of thought into this. Yeldon, who's okay, fine. He's the new coordinator. What did he do? He's still the 30th ranked rushing offense with a terrible offensive line. You know, and there's you know nine to seven. That's a that's a great. You know, it's kind of like a political campaign where you're you know giving propaganda. You know, it's not propaganda. You, you don't see nine to seven games bulky. Not until this weekend. <laughs> you never see it until they happen, Dave. All right, let me find these totals here for you just to blow your Can I also just say it is amazing how you processed all that information into <laughs> making these snap starts like that. So the over-under in Pittsburgh, Baltimore is 43. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's low-ish, but I mean, it's not like. That's like what the Tennessee-San Diego total is in the first half. There's this 47, by the way. 47. Come on, four, you. Four-point difference. Went, listen, <laughs> the smart money clearly has not rolled in on that game yet. Yeah, so not. by the time that kicks off, it's probably the total's probably going to be like 63, 64. Detroit is 41. So, I mean, Ebron's less likely to, to get a touchdown probably, but you're looking at a lot of garbage time if the game rolls according to how it's supposed to, how supposed to be. Right. But, you know, Minnesota looked like crap against the Bears. So yeah, who knows that's what happens. True. It's a divisional game. It'll be a dogfight, so we'll see what happens. I, Ebron got a lot of targets in his first week back, and they, they said prior to last week when he did get all those targets, they said that Ebron's going to be targeted more heavily. Right. Then the coaches say that. Then he gets targeted more heavily. Well, gee, do you think he's going to keep being targeted more heavily? I do. I yeah. actually like to believe when coaches say that and then prove it. So you believe these coaches when they talk? Sometimes I okay. do. BitLab Mandel, former guest of the show, writes in the chat, Dontrell Inman or Tyrell Williams this week? So a couple of Chargers receivers, obviously both at home against Tennessee. Dave, if you own both of them, which one would you play? Inman or Williams? I'm playing Williams if he plays. I think he's questionable. Yeah, but it sounds like it's going to be all systems. Yeah, I think so. Tyrell, I mean, is a lot better player. Um, and plus, I picked up Inman and Carrington in a desperation start when I had some guys on buy and he sucked for me, so I will never play him again. Wow. He's the worst. Just writing him off just like that. <laughs> Um, no, but Tyrell, I think Tyrell, you know, I like him. Uh, three sneaky receivers this year, especially the last few weeks that have really come on. Tyrell Williams, uh, Michael Thomas, and Michael Floyd. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> uh, Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed. I think not a lot of people are talking about them. Um, Michael Thomas was not a guy I was super high on this year, and he's actually on my Scott Fishbowl team, and it was actually Matt Schauf, who, uh, who's my co-manager in that league, kind of fought for him when we were drafting. He's like, yep. we, we need to get this guy. I'm like, eh, you know. And, and this was actually – Shortly after uh, Dynasty Trade Calculator Izzy Alcafis had co-hosted the show with me, and he could not be more down on Michael Thomas, yeah. you know, from a Dynasty perspective. And I was like, man, if he's that down on him from yeah. a Dynasty perspective, how could I possibly be 
ready to draft Thomas in a redraft league. So I, I said, man, and I, I think like one or two rounds went by. I'm like, okay, let's grab Thomas. So we grabbed him. And then the first few weeks of the season, you know, we're talking about our lineups and he's like, boy, I really want to find a way to get Thomas in there. We got to find a way to get Thomas. Yeah. In. And we couldn't, we just, yeah. not that our team was so awesome. Um, but eventually we did find a way to get him in. We had some injuries and, and now he's been a, a, a big part of that team. Mm-hmm. And he's been a big part of the Saints passing offense as well. One could even make the case that he is more important in that. He's been more integral in that offense than Brandon Cooks the last few weeks. Oh, as, come on. As, as far as targets go, <laughs> you have to look at it from that standpoint. Cooks has been getting the touchdown, but Thomas has been getting a lot of targets. Yeah, you know, I, he's really surprised me as a rookie, and I think, you know, next year will even be better for him. So I, 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 was, I was surprised as well. I was not high on him as a rookie, admittedly so. And, and as Andrew Ramos said, yeah. go ahead, Bulky. Yeah, he, he writes that Michael Thomas. <laughs> wow, wow, first wow. of all, Andrew Ramos is a big talker. <laughs> In the chat room. Likes to throw stuff out there, see what sticks. Likes to get his opinion out there. He says that Michael Thomas has made Kobe Fleener irrelevant. I only have... <laughs> Balky's feelings are hurt. I only, no, I'm not, not hurt. But I just have one thing to say to Aunt Jemima. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? That's right. Do not speak ill of Kobe Fleener in the chat room on this show. You want you Say whatever you want about him privately. You know, but don't come into this chat room and wipe your muddy Fleener shoes all over over Kobe's jersey. Jemima's bringing it. Oh, he is. And uh, listen, listen, and um, I rarely say this. I might have been wrong about Kobe Fleener. <laughs> Just a chance. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm still going. Use that listen, clip? I, I'm going down on the ship uh, with with Fleener, but there's there's a slight chance I may have been wrong on him. Okay, let's move on to Br- uh, Bryn. In, it's supposed to be Brian. Camden, New Jersey. Bryn. Yeah, not Bryn. Uh, which quarter- is he a millennial? Yeah, maybe. Which quarterback is my man in week nine? All of them are playing at home. All right, let's hear it. Eli Manning against Philly. Not too happy about it, but okay. Colin Kaepernick versus New Orleans? Or Carr playing the Broncos? E. Just started listening this summer. You guys are hilarious. Uh, thank you for the email, Bryn. Hilarious to give your opinions. So, um, yeah, I hope that's not what he's referring to. So those are the three uh, quarterbacks he's got to decide between this week. Uh, Eli Manning, uh, again, all of them at home. Eli Manning taking on the Eagles, Colin Kaepernick taking on the Saints, and Derek Carr facing the Denver Broncos. Now, Dave, if you look at this from a talent standpoint, Derek Carr has been fantastic this year. Crushed it last year with the 500-yard performance. However, Denver's pass defense is one of the best in the league. So that's what Carr will have to go up against this week. Now, he won't have Aqib Tlaib out there, uh, but remember Tlaib's um, backup came in and played pretty well. Colin Kaepernick, I don't know what the total is. I don't know if he still had that up in that Niners-Saints game, but Kaepernick could put up some serious numbers at home against New Orleans. 52 and a hook, and they are getting four. The Niners are getting four. Okay, so, I mean, there's your reason right there. I mean, the matchup is obviously really, really good, and you think about what he can do uh, rushing the balls. Although New Orleans has been pretty good, I think they – they're 11th against the run in the last four games or something like that. Um, they've actually improved their rush defense. Pass defense, not that great. And then Eli Manning obviously has Odell Beckham in a key NFC East showdown with the Eagles. Which one are you going with if you can only pick one? You know, it's weird to say this. And, you know, Kaepernick, if, this, if Kaepernick was like a Cody Kessler type guy, I would probably roll a different direction. But Kaepernick, is a, he started in the past. So there's a certain level of trust you can get out of him. Plus you get a high floor with the rushing. And it's the highest total game. I'm going with Kaepernick, and he's at home. I mean, so to me, Kaepernick, I don't want to say it's an obvious choice. It's just it's counterintuitive. You know, you wouldn't think Sir Kaepernick over Eli. 
but that total is 42. Car total against the Broncos is 44. So, yeah, I'm going Kaepernick. It, uh, you know, I'll just kind of put him in there and then don't look at my bench and feel, feel hard about it. Um, I agree with you, except for I will put him in there and then just not look at that team at all this week. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to find out if I won or lost. Don't want to find out what, what I scored because I don't want to regret starting Kaepernick over Derek Carr, a legit MVP candidate, and Eli Manning, a guy who's won two Super Bowl rings. Kaepernick, who obviously is... is I mean, Kaepernick has a legitimate floor of like 15 to 16 points because he's going to get 30, 40 rushing yards and throw for a couple hundred yards, even if, even if they get, you know, pasted. I just... I, I, Eli and Carr will probably get theirs too, but they could have a couple picks and just throw for like 190 or whatever, and that happens occasionally. And they're but, not, Eli's not rushing for anything. No. Carr doesn't rush very often. He does it once in a while. Hey, you know. And he's got the eyeliner. Right. And Eli has Beckham, which is going to lead me into this next question. I don't think we've really talked about it. We, I, we've talked about Robinson and Hopkins disappointing and, and what that means from a dynasty standpoint. We've talked about, um, you know, how Mike Evans has been crushing it. Have we talked much about what you think about Odell Beckham for Dynasty going forward? I mean, is he a guy that um, that, that you believe is is just going through a lull right now, that he will eventually bounce back and be this top three Dynasty option that, that we've seen in the past? Or what, what do you think the story is there with Beckham? Um, he, you know, Beckham's not a player I own at all, and uh, you know, I regret I wish I had drafted him, but I, I didn't. I, he's not a player I'm looking to acquire, because he's still he's not going to come cheap, right? You know, everybody is still going to be trying to get top dollar for him. I think he'll be all right, but I think you know because of how great he was last year. I mean, he got a little bit overhyped, and his, I just don't, you know, his value is trending downward a little bit. I just don't think I could pay up for what he's going to probably try and go for. So I like him. I mean, granted, I like him. I think he's going to be a lead player, top ten, you know, player, top ten wide receiver for years to come, whether Eli leaves or not, or eventually he'll retire. But Eli's probably got a few good years left. Um, question in the chat, Aunt Again, Jemima. Not a lot of not a lot of the season's gone. You right. know what I mean? Right, so, right, right. Well, I, I mean, mean half of it. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying it's, it's still okay. I know it is half, well, but it's and, still it's, it's only an eight game sample size. And remember, um, 2014 Beckham hurt most of the first half of the season. Came on and crushed it second half of the year. Yeah. Maybe does it again. He's got that week. chance to explode for a three touchdown game anytime. Aunt Jemima, right? Except this week. Getting back, yeah. Getting back to the Kaepernick discussion. If, if we believe that Kaepernick has a 15 to 16 point floor, if we believe that, that the Niners offense is actually going to put up numbers this week and no Carlos Hyde, probably. Right. What receivers are we comfy with this week? I'm really not that comfortable with any, I guess. I, I would, said that exact same thing to him. Right. Okay. I would say if, go ahead. But Saints have a bad secondary. They do. They've allowed some pretty big plays. When you think of Niners receivers and big plays, Torrey Smith comes to mind. Right. He might even bust two like long ones. You it's know possible. what I mean? So that, that'd be the guy. Cause, and honestly, Curly, I mean, you look at what he means from a target standpoint, he actually could put up numbers, especially if they're coming, you know, have to come from behind, which I don't know if they will. You said they're getting four? Getting four. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they might have to be on the comeback trail in the 20, yeah. fourth quarter. 28-24 be the, you know, the projected score. The reason, actually, I like Kaepernick is because of how bad every other skill position player is. Vance McDonald's really not that great. Tony yeah. Smith, whatever. Curly, the running game. Kaepernick is truly the best player on the field, so he's going to be the centerpiece of the offense. He'll be the Cam Newton. Of, he'll be the poor man's Cam Newton of this game. Yeah, um, totally agree. So there, there you go. That's our uh, Niners receiver take. Uh, final email of the night: Would you be willing to roll up Roethlisberger in his first game back from meniscus surgery at Baltimore, or are you looking for other options? That is Jack in Oakland, California. Interesting that we just talk about Kaepernick, Dave. 
Uh-oh. Because in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League, mm-hmm. didn't know if Roethlisberger was going to play this week, and I certainly didn't want to start Tyrod Taylor at Seattle. So I went out and I bought Colin Kaepernick in that league. So I have a decision between Kaepernick at home against the Saints or Ben Roethlisberger coming off the meniscus surgery at Baltimore. Who would you start there? Oh, man. That, you know, it's kind of tough. That, if that's a total, it's 43. You know, mm-hmm. it's a low-scoring yep. It's a, probably a low-scoring game. <laughs> Although you, you already said you would start Pitta in that game. I would. I would start Pitta. You know, those games sometimes do turn out to be high-scoring. So I, I, I'm a little bit – I struggle a little bit because he has a lot of talent. I'm probably going to go Big Ben because he has Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, and he just – you know, he's just not going to run around as much. But he'll I, – I think if he comes out and he looks pretty good, I'm going to probably have to go with Big Ben. I'd, I'd feel worse about benching Big Ben than I would about benching, like, you know, Carr or Eli. Right. Uh, Aunt Jemima says that Big Ben never plays uh, good in Baltimore. He's two and six there. And I'll also say this about Ben Roethlisberger. He, you know, he comes back from these injuries. Oh, I have to tell a funny story about Roethlisberger too. Please, please do. Um, he comes, sometimes he comes back from these injuries uh, fast and uh, the m- might've come back a little bit too soon. Yeah. Um, first of all, if I hear football guys make one more reference that Ben Roethlisberger is Wolverine, I'm going to lose it. It's, it's been like four or five of them this week. I'm just Maybe I just listen and read too much football, guys. It's enough. I guarantee you that's not trending on Twitter. Probably not. So I'm going to tell this Roethlisberger story today. Now, all credit to Matthew Berry on this one, because this is from the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast today. Um, and I'm going to embellish it way more than he did, because I feel his delivery is a little off. There's he, so somebody asked him, would you play Roethlisberger coming off this significant knee surgery right. that um, you know, most people miss a month, month and a half? And he said, you know, I think Ben Roethlisberger is the type of guy that, you know, at his funeral, um, if he dies, at, you know, in the future, someday, maybe when he's old or whatever. He's likely to die. Mike Tomlin comes up there to, to say some, some words. Assuming he outlives him. Right. Roethlisberger puts his body through one. Yeah, time. go ahead. Tomlin's up there. He's like, listen, um, words can't express what Roethlisberger meant to the Steelers organization. Um, I uh, could not respect what he did on the field more, the way he put his body out there and sacrificed and all the championships he brought to Pittsburgh. I'm going to miss him a lot, and it's just unfortunate that he's passed away and is laying in this coffin here. Uh, And the last thing I'll say is that given his previous health issues and his past history, um, we feel he has a shot at suiting up on Sunday. (laughs) Very nice. I thought it was hilarious. Apparently you didn't either. I don't know if the chat room felt it, but... Either way, we're ending the show on that. And we should have ended it five minutes earlier. Oh, you're the worst, Dave. You are the absolute <laughs> worst. So, like I said, that is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to thank uh, Darren Hendrickson uh, for coming on the show tonight. Best of luck, uh, luck to him going for him, both the Football Guys Players Championship and the FFPC main event. I want to thank Bryce, our audio engineer. I want to thank uh, Rob, our mutual friend and producer as well. Also wish a happy birthday to FFPC player and former guest of the show, David Shaw. And why are we wishing happy birthdays to people? Because it's a nice, nice thing to do. And Commissioner Justin, everybody knows Commissioner Justin. Yeah, that's fine. He's it's his employee. birthday today too. So very exciting. Happy <laughs> no, birthday to no, both no, you guys. Now we're doing happy birthdays. We're doing happy birthdays oh again. We have to liven up the show. It's become too gray and too bland and too depressing with all the injuries. Well, you use the ESPN fantasy podcast stories. That's what happened. Yeah. Well, we'd used one, and it cheered me up. So 
Godspeed to you. I don't know what it's going to take for you. I'm going to go read our election coverage on Twitter. Happy birthday to them. Thanks to Darren <laughs> Hendrickson as well. I want to remind everybody uh, that we will be back next Friday at 10, 9 central once again. We'll have a new president-elect next yeah, Friday. Well, yeah, maybe we'll get to talk about our new president. Uh, listen, much in the same way Roethlisberger has a shot at suiting up when he's dead, I still think I got a shot in this presidential election too. <laughs> right in Eric Balkman. Glenn Lowe will be on the High Stakes Lowdown next Thursday. Check that out at rotoviz.com slash radio enjoy week nine everybody uh get those uh lineups submitted no london football thank god and we fall behind set the clock back your weekend starts now this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world eric and dave will be back next week with more analysis interviews and advice from a guest much smarter than they are Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light. Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. And everything is all- You know, honestly, the, the thing that I think is going to hurt me the most in the presidential election trying to be, because everybody wants a third party. I'm, I'll be the third party candidate. You know what state I'm probably going to have the most problems with? Utah. Wisconsin. <laughs> probably. You can never go home again, Dave, and that's my problem. Yep. Get out there and vote.